Not sure what to expect or how to navigate the interview process? Want to make sure your personal statement hits the mark? AMPS's new program, Applied Match Preparation, or AMP, has been created just for you. Get personalized, one-on-one assistance from a team of experts and get ready to shine during the application process. Visit AMPSA.org AMPSA-AMP to get started today. Whether you have one residency interview scheduled or several ahead, you're well on your way to the next step in your long-winding med school journey. But then maybe you take a step back and think, I'm thousands in debt. How will I get myself across the country to this interview? Welcome to the AMSA AdLib Podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. You're unlikely to attend only one residency interview, and even then, it's doubtful that it'd be right in your backyard. Paying your way to residency interviews is maybe something you didn't think about when applying to med school, another one of those hidden costs around the corner. Or maybe you've already started the financial planning to hit the trail. Everyone goes through this process a bit differently, and sometimes the best way to prep yourself is by hearing from those who did it before you. So today we spoke with three current residents who went through the process not long ago to hear their experiences from the interview trail. We'll hear from Dr. Damal Shah, Dr. Rita Kuhara, and Dr. Allison Case. Here's Dr. Shah. Hi, I'm Demo Shah. Dr. Shah attended every interview he possibly could. Many people wonder about what the average cost of an interview is. I always start with, well, there's the anxiety leading up to it. There's the feel feeling of inadequacy when sitting in a group of anywhere from 10 to 15 people from various schools that are kind of competing for the same spot as you are. And also the constant notion of being judged for every little thing that you do. Those are drastic costs. But I think a lot of people are kind of wondering about the financial cost. That hits home a little harder prior to the interview because you have to buy that plane ticket. You have to buy that hotel room or rent that hotel room. So looking at it financially, it would probably be about two to three hundred dollars depending on the location. Overall, he estimates that in travel and accommodations for residency interviews, he spent about two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars. Dr. Shaw was aware of these costs going into medical school. He shared his passion was always in medicine, and with that, he knew came high costs. Knowing that, he prepared to start saving for the residency trail early on. In preparation for the cost of residency interviews, I, as a third year, started looking at what I can do to save cash. Um, I did know that Federal loans and grad plus loans would be ideally the way that I would be able to pay for all this. But at the same time, I had to still just try to make sure that I didn't run out of cash midway through interview season or midway through and be like, great, can't even eat my ramen noodles anymore. Dr. Shaw recommends starting to look at your finances in the beginning of your spring term and your third year around January to make sure you're financially sound for this interview process. Even with this pre-planning in earlier years, Dr. Shaw looked for ways to save on the road. A lot of my interviews were closer to home, so I was able to drive there or find family members that live close enough there that I can actually go there and sleep there the night before or the night after. So I didn't have a lot of cost in terms of lodging or even travel expenses. So... By all means, find people that you know 
across the country or in the geographical area that you plan to interview at or somewhere that's safe enough that hey you know you can crash there and not have to worry about being woken up by a screaming baby or ambulances going by whatever it may be just make sure it is somewhere that you can get a good night's rest i know for one of my interviews i decided to say forget it I'm going to pick this place, which is maybe $20 more. I think it was $20 more at that time in comparison to like a couple of the cheaper hotels around because I was just tired and I needed somewhere a little nicer to get some rest, especially because I, was, I ended up flying out there. Dr. Shaw heavily cautioned against cutting corners and sacrificing a good night's sleep in return. If your living situation the night before is not up to your standards, it could actually psychologically mess you up for the interview, to put it in layman terms. Like a good night's sleep is probably one of the best things that you can do before anything. Um, So by all means, just keep that in mind and try to understand what you desire or really wish to have. If it is that comfort blanket, bring it. You know, by all means, don't leave it at home because you can't fit it in your suitcase or someone that you're living with, that Airbnb thing, someone will criticize you by it. You know, these are your coping mechanisms. Make sure you have all that. Another popular method for keeping costs low is trying to group interviews geographically, which you may have already heard from friends that have gone through this ahead of you. Ideally, grouping interviews geographically is the smarter approach when it comes to finances. However, you will very quickly realize that won't always be the case. You may have to go back to a certain region numerous times. Luckily, I didn't have to do that, but I did know I do know friends that had to fly from the East Coast to California almost every other weekend because of their interviews that would happen. From his experience, he shared how he was able to keep interviews close together. The best way to do that would probably be keeping a app on your phone or keeping very detailed records of when you have to leave, when you have to come back, what area of the country or state or anything you would be in. And whenever you get that email, that exciting email of, hey, you got an interview, Figure it out before you call them or and call them early in hopes that, yes, they can change things around or they would have more dates available. Dr. Shaw went on to match at Hahnemann University Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where he is currently a first-year psychiatry resident. Next, we caught up with Dr. Rita Kuwahara. Dr. Kuhara attended 10 interviews total. I had heard that the residency application process is a very expensive one based on conversations I had with others who had gone through the process in the past. She'd also heard this was a rather variable cost, but was lucky to keep spending low. When I was applying for residency last year, I was actually very lucky and ended up spending only $500 to attend all 10 of my interviews. Dr. Kuhara said she kept the cost so low with a lot of planning, as well as some luck. Some of the things that helped the most were being able to geographically group my interviews. Dr. Kuahar agreed with Dr. Shaw that this can be a very effective way to save money. She said that she did not limit the programs she applied to based on geography, but she did decide where to interview once invited based on geography. 
There were certainly some great programs that she decided not to interview with because they were either too expensive for her to attend or because she couldn't schedule them on a date when they could be successfully grouped with other interviews in the same or neighboring city. She also took into account the average cost of traveling to the city where she was invited to interview to decide if she would want to potentially match at that location, if travel costs to that city were particularly high, had few airline choices, or did not have convenient access to a major nearby airport, this actually swayed her decision in deciding to interview there. So I ended up only staying with friends and never had to stay in a hotel, which significantly reduced the costs associated with interview travel. She often thanked the friends she stayed with by inviting them to stay with her if they happened to be traveling through where she's located, residency interview or not. Dr. Kuwahara worked hard to cut costs, but also explored alternative funding options for costs that were unavoidable. She said she did not consider taking out a loan to pay for interviews because she did not want to be burdened by extra loans in the future that could possibly limit her freedom to pursue whatever career path she may want to take without having to make decisions based on financial status. She did look at funding through her med school, though, and got creative in the process. Though I never received any funding from my medical school to help cover the costs associated with residency interview travel, I was able to receive $500 in funding in order to present my research at both of the AMSA fall conferences in Chicago and New York and was able to schedule a few of my residency interviews around those conferences. Although it added a bit of chaos to her residency interview trail, Dr. Kuwahara said presenting her research in both Chicago and New York not only helped her save on travel but also gave her something exciting and unique to talk about during interviews. Dr. Kuwahara went on to match at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, where she is currently a first-year internal medicine resident. Finally, we'll hear from Dr. Allison Case. Hi, my name is Allison Case. Dr. Case's residency interview process was a bit unique. She served as AMSA's Education and Advocacy Fellow from May 2015 to April 2016 and was interviewing during her time as Fellow. She was lucky to couple some of her residency interview travel with advocacy efforts on the road as AMSA's Fellow. I interviewed for family medicine, and I was looking at broad-spectrum family medicine programs, and I think that in the end I interviewed at 14. She accepted just over 20 interviews and ended up canceling a few, landing on 14 as the final number. I probably spent around mm, twelve to $1,500, and... Um, That includes a cost of two pretty major flights. So I interviewed in New Mexico and in Idaho, and both those places cost a lot to fly to. So that cost a lot, and then I had to pay for uh, hotels at some of the places I stayed. Dr. Case didn't anticipate these costs when entering med school. I think you don't really know much about any of the costs you're going to encounter in med school. (laughs) There's a lot of random costs. There's the cost for interviews. There's a cost for step two, all of your standardized tests. And it's just like another thing that you take on. But she did become aware of them throughout med school. I think it's something that people are aware of by their like third year of med school. And I think people know, depending on their situation, what to prepare for. Like, I think if you're going into a specialty that's really competitive, I think those folks are much more hyper aware of the cost because they're going to be interviewing at maybe 20, 30 programs. The growing awareness gave insight into more than just cost planning. If you're 
trying to do an interview while you're still on a rotation, you just don't have time to drive most of the time. You're going to be flying, and that costs a lot more. So something to think about. I think I think people are aware of this. Most people schedule their rotations accordingly, but people usually just have to be smart about scheduling around November, December, because that's when your interviews are going to happen. While on the road, she said she was always well-fed by programs, so rarely worried about covering meals. And paying for her hotel room was actually the minority of interviews. Some programs will pay for your hotel room, which is great. That happened a couple times for me. Some programs will help you stay, like set you up with a local, with one of the residents in the program. Dr. Case also stayed with friends along the way, much like Dr. Shaw and Dr. Kuhahara did. I can't say enough for accommodations how great it is to stay with your friends. <laughs> it's free. It's like a fun way to see see friends. So if you can, if your interviews happen to coincide with where people live, that's great. I stayed with friends of friends. I mean, it's like you kind of do whatever you can to not spend money, because <laughs> um, you have a, if you have a lot of interviews, especially. But, you know, I had friends that were also interviewing, and so they would have friends who were already in programs who I could stay with, and vice versa. We kind of, I think med students can help each other out in that way, in residence, because we know what it's like. Dr. Case went on to match at Lawrence Family Residency Program in Lawrence, Massachusetts, where she is currently a first-year family medicine resident. She said she absolutely factored in connections in the area when deciding where to interview, and not only for the time she'd be on the interview trail, she factored in that she would be living there for three to four years, so will she be happy there? Will she know people? Already knowing close friends and family in the area added a plus to her checklist for certain programs. I think the other way it factored in is that if I got to see those people that I cared about, uh, it probably colored my overall perception of the program. So I was in a good mood, I was happy because I knew these people that I uh, like love and care about, I knew that they were already close by, uh, and that kind of put me in a good mood probably for that interview. So I'm sure that that impacted um, even like subconsciously my thoughts about programs. Sure. She often thanked friends she stayed with by bringing them a gift of thanks from wherever she had been bouncing around from. Like Dr. Shaw and Dr. Kuwahara, Dr. Case grouped her interviews geographically. So when she traveled from, say, Baltimore to New York, for example, she brought crab dip or saltwater taffy to her friend in New York. One caveat to that is that I think that where people get in trouble is doing too many interviews in a row. So that can be really tiring, um, just totally draining, because this is an emotional time. It's like, it's a lot of information. Uh, it's a lot of kind of feeling like you're in the spotlight. And when you do like three in a week, I think that's just too much. Um, I would not do more than two in a week. I think it's, you've got to try to like be on your own game to present your best self, but also to absorb your, your best like reactions. So you want to see a program in the best light. And if you're tired and you're overwhelmed, sometimes it can't be avoided, but as much as you can avoid it, I wouldn't schedule too many in one week. Have you started planning ahead for the residency interview trail? What tips and tricks do you have to share? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at adlib at amsa.org. AMSA Adlib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tibbert is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. How can you sharpen your competitive edge? Learn how to land your first choice residency, take part in clinical skill building sessions, and debate emerging issues in healthcare. 
Join us for AMSA's Fall Conference, November 19th through the 20th in New York City. Visit amsafallconference.org to register now.